Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to CP Sports. We'd like to thank you for tuning in. As always, I'm your host, Chris. What's up? It's Mike. And we're just going to get to it as uh, it wasn't a very great Christmas for Cowboys and Texans fans alike as both Aiden L on Christmas Eve. Listen, man, I mean, (laughs) Cowboys are doing what I think is the right move and like, you know, they're losing these games. It it doesn't really matter because they already clinched the playoffs. Mm. Like in the past seasons, though, the Cowboys would win all these games in the in the season and they just lose in the playoffs. I think these losses are not only helping them, but they will, you know, it'll aid them in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just all around and overall, uh, they did fall to the Dolphins this past Sunday in a close game. The Dolphins, you know, that are known for their high octane offense, yep. was just held to 22 points. Uh, the defense looked like it did show up, but in the end, the Cowboys looked like they shot themselves in the foot yet again, and self-inflicted errors made them pay the price. As uh, Ferguson did fumble at the one-yard line, which in my opinion made the Cowboys unable to recover after that, Dolphins clinched the playoff berth with that I win. I know. I did see something about Michael Parsons uh, upset with ref calls. Was that on this game? It's on every game. It's like <laughs> they, they hold him every game and no one ever gets called he doesn't get the call but i feel like that's a trend that's been going on since i don't know forever uh they <laughs> i think they pulled up a stat where jj watt has only been uh in his career they've never they, they called a holding on him uh, or people held him they've only called it like eight times in his whole career or something like that so it, it, there's something going on with defensive linemen not be able to get the right call sometimes, and it looks like Micah Parsons is the, the new victim of that. But, I mean, I think they're still going to be okay. Um, they face off against the Lions next, who look like they have uh, locked up the third seed. So I feel like the win or lose, Lions are still going to have that third seed. I don't know if that'll adjust the game plan that they have when they come in and face Dallas, as Dallas does put their undefeated home streak on the line again against the Lions. Who have had highs and lows in this season, and yeah. and when the Lions have their lows, man, they've had some lows. I feel like it's going to be twenty-eight seventeen Dallas. On well, that the game. Lions already have theirs clinched as well, right? Yeah, they, I don't think they really care about this game that much. They're going to be the third seed no matter what. Yeah, I get what you're saying, where they're going to be in a better position because then they'll be up against, you know, someone lesser than right. them. I guess you could say. Yeah, this is going to be good. Like usually they win and win 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 and lose in the playoffs, but now they're losing in the off season. I mean in the in the season, and they're gonna win the playoffs. Are you sure about that? They're gonna make it. <laughs> I'll talk to you about that in a little bit. Now, unlike the Cowboys, the Texans didn't even make it a game until around the middle of the fourth. Then it was just too late. Case Keenum had just 62 passing yards and two interceptions for the Texans, while Davis Mills threw for 149 yards with two touchdowns in their 36-22 loss against the Browns, which they clinched last night. Yeah, they whooped the Jets. Yeah, Joe Flacco's their savior this year. I think he has like 13 touchdowns already. Yeah. More, more than like five or six NFL teams. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that is. 
as everybody knows, you know, the Texans didn't have C.J. Stroud in this one. And with some true Christmas magic, they still have a shot at the playoffs. If they win their last two, that is. The Texans still have a chance to take the division as they're in a three-way tie with the Colts and Jags. Houston averaged 17.5 points without C.J. Stroud as compared to being one of the top 10 scoring teams before week 14 when Stroud went down against the Jets. Now limited in practice and projected to return this Sunday against the Titans, Stroud looks to rally this team to the playoffs, but it's going to have to be Stroud at 100% to pull this one off. Yeah, I mean, his availability will be up in the air again this week. I mean, if, if he's going to start, that's great, but like, how good is he going to be if, if he does start? The Titans are a strong team, divisional rival. It's just going to be a tough game to begin with. Yeah, it is. So, you know, they're on the brink of either making the playoffs or just barely not making it. Uh, they do face a spo- spoiler in the Titans. So we do wait to see if Strad will come back and lead his team to a playoff berth. But then, you know, I'm not going to be that mad if he doesn't come back. I mean, it's his first year. I feel like, yeah, exactly. I feel like they, it was a good success. I mean, yeah, making the playoffs would be season. good. Stroud has that winning mentality, so I'm pretty sure that he's going to play. I just don't want nothing bad to happen to the guy. Yeah, I would hate for something to happen to him. He needs to be at 100%, I feel like, yeah. if we want to keep on going. As y'all know, they've they've had problems in the injury field for some time now. Oh, yeah, they lead the league. Yeah, so now they decided to recently claim Kareem Jackson off the waivers two days after the Broncos released him. This comes after safety Jimmy Ward was placed on IR Sunday. So welcome home Kareem Jackson. Jackson was drafted by Houston in 2010 and played there for nine seasons. He now returns in hopes of helping Houston get to the finish line this season and get them to the playoffs. As he stated recently, quote, it's all coming full circle. I have spent a lot of time in Houston. I'm really excited and happy for D'Amico and all the success he's having. Being a part of that organization, seeing D'Amico getting the job and all his success, just being happy for him. They've got a bunch of young talent there. I want to come in, be the piece of the puzzle, and help these guys win the next two games and get them to the playoffs. So right now, things are beginning to look up for the Texans as they make this run for the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Jags are making it easier for them, so yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Jags are making it easier. <laughs> they had a five-game win, a lose streak. So This playoff picture this season has been crazy. So it's going to come down to the last two weeks or so. If you really want to look into it, I don't know. The, the AFC is crazy right now because like, there's so many teams that are like <laughs> yeah. eight and seven for that sixth and seventh wildcard spot. Yep. Uh, it looks like to me one of the top spots for the sixth and seventh seed is probably going to come from the AFC South. Colts are looking like a good team that's mm-hmm. up and on the up and up. They look like they, they're on the momentum swing right now. And... I really don't see another team that is a better team than the 6th and 7th seed than the Colts right now. Uh, unless you want to count the Bills, because I don't think they're going to win against Dolphins. So uh, they're probably going to get one of the 5th, 6th, or 7th seeds right now. That's right. I forgot the Bills are in that So the Bills, look, the Bills look dangerous. The Colts look dangerous. Uh, the Pretenders, in my opinion, if they make it, the Steelers. Who wants to see the Steelers? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how they're even in playoff contention still. <laughs> Um, so right now we got division leaders right now. It's still the, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and um, who, who else? There's one more. Oh, Colts. 
culture jags. One of those. We don't know who's going to win that one. But usually the fifth seed's better than the fourth seed nowadays. So the fifth seed's going to probably be the Bills. Um, and then they're probably going to play... Uh, they're probably going to play the uh, the Jags or the Colts in the in the first round of the play- of the playoffs. So that that's going to be looking crazy right there. I really don't want to talk about the NFC that much because we still don't know what's going to happen. I just want to avoid 49ers until we get to the championship game for Dallas. <laughs> we always face them in the divisional and we lose, and it's it's it's, it's annoying. But it's right, annoying. But right now, <laughs> right now the 49ers are the first seed. Eagles are the second seed. Cowboys are that fifth seed. It looks like Cowboys are going to play the Bucks in the four, in the first round because the Bucks will probably win that division, the NFC trash South. And uh, once they beat the Bucks, they'll be the they'll either go against the Eagles because right now the dangerous NFC teams are going to be probably the Rams and the Seahawks. They're looking good right now. Seahawks just came off a victory against the Eagles. Rams are coming hot right now. They look like a dangerous team as they just spanked the Saints. And they did win uh, um, again after that. So they're just looking like a dangerous team to be that seventh seed. They have to play the second seed, Eagles. Um, if, the, if the Seahawks win, the Rams will play the Lions. Now, that would be looking good, too, because now the Lions faces Stafford. So Stafford's going to be like, you know, I'm going to beat the Lions again. Because they got ripped. <laughs> so then if the, if the Lions can lose to the Rams, the Rams have to end up playing uh, the Eagles. At the set, and not the Eagles. They have to play the, uh, the 49ers, which sets up Dallas against Eagles in the division round. So that would be the best bet for us. We need help from the Rams. So we can avoid the 49ers <laughs> until the championship game. Because I don't mind being in the championship game. That, that'd be a win in my book. That, 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 that's a, that's a <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least y'all would get there. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. I would hope for the Texans to make it, you know, in that seed. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough yeah. one. Two division games. Colts are looking nice, and that's their last game. I think it's going to come down to that. I, I, I honestly think they're going to end up beating the Titans. So and do you think they're going to make be... the vision or just get that last wild card spot? Because they get do I, both still. Yeah, I think it's just going to be the last wild card spot. I don't think division. Damn, they got to play Dolphins then. Speaking of playoffs, the college football playoffs are uh, going to be underway here soon. What is it? The, playoffs. It's uh, the, this weekend, right? Yeah, the thing is, no, it's... Isn't it Monday? Yeah, it's Monday. It's Monday. Yeah, so we got Bama versus Michigan, and we got Washington versus the Longhorns. Two of the most hated programs, Bama and Michigan, face off against each other, and what most people hope they end up both losing. So I would I would uh, place Texas in there. I know a lot of people that hate Texas, too. So <laughs> Anyway, no, I'm just so the Longhorns revisit potential championship status of the old days as they take on Washington. Both matches look like a toss-up, but if the Longhorns can stifle the offense of Washington just a bit, they could perhaps win this matchup. As for Michigan and Bama, I feel like Michigan has the better overall team, but you can never count out Bama as long as Saban is there. Yeah. Uh, so you should expect to see some fireworks. Uh, I, I know that uh, Milrow, the quarterback of uh, Bama, he's he's been playing lights out. He's a big reason why they're there in the first place. He's showing mm. all the haters that you know, he was a good quarterback. I know Bill O'Brien told him back in the day to not even be quarterback and to switch positions some somewhere else. So I'm pretty sure that little fire under him after that and just yep. proved to everyone that, you know what, I am a quarterback. I am hyper, I am a high-caliber one. I make it to championship. And now he's in, the, he's in the driver's seat to just prove everyone wrong that he was, you know, 
a, a, a good elite status one in, in the college, but you, it's Michigan. You know, they already know your signs. So, like, what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> they, already know, no. they already know your signs. Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> I mean, I like Michigan. I'm coming from Michigan, so it's gonna be Michigan, Texas in the championship. Hopefully, I think so too. Um, it's gonna be a close one on both of these ends for sure. Uh, but I think Texas is probably going to pull it out by probably a touchdown or two. Probably one touchdown, I think. Yeah, if they can stop Washington's offense, I think they can make it a blowout because Washington's defense is like yeah. like wet paper. You just tear yeah, right through they're that. Yeah, not that great. So we'll see where I go with that, man. You know? But yeah, we're hoping to see Texas and Michigan and uh, Michigan fall to Texas for all Texas fans. And then Harbaugh goes back to the NFL after that. <laughs> but um what else do we got this weekend or or no let's go to what we had last weekend so, so if you know we're talking about these wild cards and wild predictions let's get into something wilder as we saw a terrible lackluster performance from Deontay Wilder it was only the only reason why I tuned into the card was to watch the Diane Terry Wilder fight. I really don't care about Anthony Joshua that much. So if they would have both won, they would have you know faced each other after that. The stage was set. It was ready to go. It, what, it seemed like a walk in the park for Kale Walk, uh, Kale you know machine Deontay Wilder. His opponent Parker uh, had different plans, and he looked to shock the world to defeat the 42 knockout phenom. Parker put on a show. As he boxed tactical, clinched, worked Wilder to the ropes, threw when he needed to, all while avoiding Deontay's bombs. At age 38, I feel like Wilder may have been on his last leg. He looked slow. He looked slow, tired, just not himself. Uh, he may have been on the brink of ending his career um, on, a, on a highlight, but I don't think Parker was going to allow that to happen. I feel like uh, Wilder's maybe his last ship has sailed and maybe he should retire. Yeah, it was crazy. Like we said, the stage was set. Deontay Wilder was going to win. Then Anthony Joshua. But Wilder just couldn't hold up his end of the bargain. I guess being out of the ring took its toll. He fought, like, what, one round the past two years while Parker went into his fourth fight this year. Yeah, clearly we could see the difference in the work ethic and just the Mm -hmm. age. I mean, Wilder is a, a monster, but he's always... Uh, he's always light, lighter than his opponents, and I'm thinking they're t- it's taking its toll on him where mm-hmm. they can just work him and move him when they want because of the weight differences. And there we have it, another dream matchup shelved due to a very lackluster performance from Wilder. Yeah. Boxing fans, like they always say, can't ever have anything nice. But uh, I, I, I think I can't say that because we do have Inoue. Yeah, uh, another monster in his own in his own right. Um, it was his 21st consecutive title bout, um, which dates back all the way seven years ago. And he went on against the Palas in a two belt versus two belt showdown. Beautiful. And from what it looked like, you know, everyone had anyway winning this fight to begin with. They didn't give Tapales a chance at all. And well, Tapales still held his ground a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not. I mean, well, anyway, he, he his case to claim the 2023 Fighter of the Year grew even stronger on um, that night as he mm-hmm. knocked out the Ballers. 
to become the undisputed super bantamweight champion uh so right now we need to know who he's gonna fight next because everyone wants to see him continue to dominate mm -hmm. the division he already claimed all four belts in just two fights and um we'll see what happens yeah. next um they say they plan to return in the ring in may and mm. They really can't discuss who might be next since they are still in negotiations. Damn. But right now, I, I anyone anyone would be good. Uh, we'll see what, what happens. Like anyway, is a generational talent. He's, yeah, he's a champion, and everywhere he's gone, he's only getting better. He's only thirty years old. Mm -hmm. This is his time to show everyone that he's the number one fighter on the world. Yeah, Nooya Inoue continues to be a gift to boxing fans, making history after defeating the Bales. In a way, hasn't just been beating solid opponents. He's dismantling them in each division as he his weight grows each year. The best fighters just fall to the monster. From 108 to 122, In a way, has yet to meet anyone that can hang with him. Currently sitting at number two in ESPN's pound for pound list, there's a strong argument that he should be number one. Inouye will continue to dazzle fans at 122, and I'm here for it. His biggest likely test will probably come when he hits 126, I feel like. He needs to go out and face probably like Isaac Cruz or Gervonta. That'd be pretty crazy. <laughs> what, what do you want to see? Who do you want to see him fight next? Who, who do you think this whole... Uh, Talks is with. I don't think there's no one in his division that can actually give him a challenge. He's, oh yeah, I don't keep, think so. <laughs> he keeps he keeps going up weight and just dominating, dominating. At his age, this is his time to go up a higher weight class before you know he gets too old to maintain that same uh, drive and and, uh -huh. and performance that he can do. But when if he gets older and tries to go up in weight, I feel like he'll start to be detrimental to his his performance. So right now he's at a good age to go up in weight and get these super yeah. fights before it's too late and he can't do it this time which ruins a lot of boxers because of boxing they they don't they make these fights they stretch them out for so long like mm -hmm. that's why we got floyd and pacquiao when they're like 100 years old yeah and, it, it would have been better had we seen that before yeah when they're you know <laughs> so this is anyways time to to just show everyone that you know he can go up the weight and, and fight the best he needs to go and get a big name. I already know Javante said he's down to fight him. He oh, I didn't see that one. He he loves Inoue's style. He loves fight, seeing him fight. That would be a good fight, He too. respects him. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be too big for Inoue, but I, I, I think this is a good matchup. But it's very unlikely, but we'll see what happens. And since we're talking boxing, let's get into amateur boxer Logan Paul, who has recent, recently obtained that U.S. championship on WWE and uh, they're still trying to figure out who's gonna fight him next uh, Santos Escobar went ahead and beat Bobby Lashley after he got distracted uh, by some fans jumping the barricade and taking out the street profits after the win it's revealed that Humberto Carrillo and Angel Gar Garza otherwise known as Los Lotharios were the men in question and I'm really enjoying this aspect of it, I would, I've i been wanting the Ligado de Fantasma back, and it seems like we got a 2.0. I guess so. I mean, I just want Logan Paul to defend that title already, you know what <laughs> I mean? He's been having promos. Uh, they're pre-taped. 
you can tell they're pretty tame, but they're pretty good. So I, I, I don't hate it too much. I would like to see him on TV more often, but uh, I know he's more of a draw, so they're just trying to keep him away, kind of like they did with Brock Lesnar and all the oh, other bigger yeah. people. But uh, so after that, we saw Carmelo Hayes fall to Kevin Owens, in, which was probably the best match of the night uh, last Friday. Post-match, Owens helped up Hayes, shook his hand, and gave him the rub. I'm hoping this leads to Hayes having a prominent role in the main roster when he's officially called up. So it will be Santos Escobar versus KO to see who goes up against Logan Paul. Oh, well, you're going to win then. KO. KO. Yeah. That'd be a good matchup, though. I would like to see Santos win it because originally he was supposed to uh, be going for the title. And then it ended up being Ray, so that can also huh. be a callback. But we'll see what happens there. He could still win because of Los Lotorios. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So we'll see what happens unless the Street Profits come up behind them right. and distract him. But uh, moving forward, TNA has pickled, pickled, <laughs> has picked up. The Grizzled Young Veterans just in time for their rebranding of Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. And we still have a major signing yet to be revealed at Hard to Kill. The Grizzled Young Veterans spent their time in WWE and NXT, which then they would be repackaged as the Dyad with uh, Joe Gacy. It's nice to see them with the company. And I feel like... TNA is probably the best one to go with just being a smaller schedule, uh, more TV time, because I don't see them getting any time in AEW. I mean, you see all the talent that's there that doesn't get TV time. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, but yeah. I mean, moving moving to that, I, I really haven't heard much about them, but it's good to see that, you know, they're still getting signed by these promotions that it's clear that, you know, they do have talent. So, you know, it's good to see that they're on this new rebrand as well. So they're probably going to be one of the headliners. Yeah, more than likely. I'm sure they're getting a, a pretty good uh, deal with TNA. But also on that note, Zelina Vega has resigned with WWE. And it seems like she's been on her biggest hot streak since emerging as the LWO's right-hand woman. Right? I mean, all we need is Malachi Black now. Back back <laughs> with the WWE see with that go now I'm, I'm i'm happy for zelina she's, she's come a long way i used to i remember back back when she was with andrade for a while and then now yeah, she's finally now, now she's finally you know emerging as a as a single star a single star and uh you know people enjoy when she comes out they cheer for her so you know good 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 on her good on her but you're right i miss andrade and malachi black <laughs> um I, I just wish they were back with WWE. They're not the same in AEW. They're really not. The whole House of Black thing is meh. And what, what, meh. <laughs> and what have you seen that Andrade has done that's significant aside from when Cody burned the crap out of his own back yeah, trying to do that table spot? <laughs> He's doing whatever, I guess. I don't know. He has, he's fighting Miro next, I think. Yeah, that goes into what we're going into next. And uh, speaking of re-signing, AEW is hoping that AM, MJF re-signs after uh, World's End tomorrow, which will be uh, the last pay-per-view of the year for AEW. 
we'll see an FTW rules match with Hook versus Wheeler Yuta. Um, yeah, cool. Wow. Uh, like, uh, isn't FTW rules just no disqualification? Isn't that about, like, almost every match in AEW? Yeah, make sure uh, you get the blood out. <laughs> get the blood out. Uh, sorry, guys, uh, if you're a fan of AEW. But uh, next on after that one, these are on the pre-show, by the way. It would be the 20-man battle royal for the future TNT title shot. And, of course, you know, the competitors have yet to be announced. Um, once we get into the main card, we'll see Sting, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Chris Jericho versus Big Bill, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Will Hobbs, and Kanosuke Takeshka. Well, the inner circle's coming back, or what? Is that what's going to happen? I don't know. I, did they forget that, that I Sammy, actually like, did watch, uh, what was it, Rampage the other day when it, they were here in San Antonio, but that's because Thunderosa was coming back. That was the only reason I tuned in. But um, a lot of the stuff I see is is really not not very entertaining. I don't know. I don't know. I guess how they to forgot. It. I guess they forgot that Sammy like didn't Sammy like betray Jericho like last week and now they're friends again. Like did he? Been a, it, that I been just that know long. they've they've been he didn't have that run for with, a while now. He had that run with Dan Callis for like a two weeks for Sammy and oh uh, yeah, fell apart. I forgot about <laughs> that. <laughs> Uh, you forget about things that don't matter. So anyway, inner <laughs> circle. Uh, so there's that match. Um, I don't. I'm not interested in that. This is one where I would be interested in had they booked it right, had a story for it. Andrade El Idolo and Miro, two uh, ex WWE stars that have been been utilized very well in AEW. No, they barely have TV time, but I don't, I, I'm not sure. I don't watch it that much, but uh, isn't isn't is um L- Lana's involved in this? Oh yeah, yeah. So she she came out CJ Perry, oh, and now not Lana. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, that's her real name, and now she's 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 out right now. I I remember seeing something about she got a staph infection in her finger. It was, it was a pretty nasty video on on uh, Instagram. It was gross. Grossed me out. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> another two ex-WWE stars in Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Which these two... They're uh, still going at it? Yeah, apparently. I didn't even know that either. It's been like a year. I, they they were a team. Then they weren't a team. And Rick Ross showed up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that, too. Um, it don't make sense. <laughs> the big Ross <laughs> He's like, you a, you a big. I remember oh, that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Oh man. Of course, nothing ever happened with Keith Lee since he moved over there. Nothing really ever happened with Strickland either. Strickland got some title shots at least, right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, nothing that was significant yeah nothing that that actually catches your eye like he used to i feel like but it's also the part of everybody's style and aew kind of being the same i i feel like because yeah because it's more unique when it comes from a couple people rather than everybody yeah oh well but uh after that we got julia hart and abaddon in the aew tbs championship match um i i haven't really paid attention too much i saw some julia hart matches the other day 
I did kind of catch up a little bit. I tuned in to watch, you know, her her friend. That's who I look at. Sky Blue. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> she like the. She's the best wrestler in the world. Uh, I like Abaddon's act. I haven't uh, been tuning in enough to really like catch wind of what she's doing or how this came to be. But Julia Hart and Abaddon just seems seems like an odd matchup, especially with Julia Hart being a heel. I feel like Abaddon should be a heel as well, but people like Abaddon, so I don't know. It's yeah, all it's ass backwards weird. in AEW anyway. Yeah, it's weird. I think Chris Statlander is going against Sky Blue today, next or tomorrow or yesterday. Oh, I need to that? look that up for research. <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> or yesterday. <laughs> And then we'll also have a no DQ match for the AEW TNT Championship with another two ex WWE superstars in Christian Cage and Adam Copeland. Now, Adam Copeland, who's that? <laughs> I don't know about this one. I, I've never really wanted to see Cage and Copeland go up against each other. It might be good, it also might not be good. I mean, given. That you guy know, looked like Edge. They, 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 he did move. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> they did uh, move a little bit slower than from what I can remember. And I, we'll see. They're, they're smart. They know how to play the game. Yeah. And they know how to, you know, sell things. They know how to, you know, all the fans. Yeah. So I, I think this will be one of the good matches on the card. It would probably be this one with Andrade and Miro, and then also probably MJF and Samoa Joe, which is the the headliner. But the next match will be a Continental Classic Tournament Finals match with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Who wants to see that? Blood on blood. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, the AEW World Heavyweight Championship match. What everybody wants to see: MJF versus Samoa Joe. And if MJF does leave, this will be his last match with AEW. He's going to go to WWE. You think if he were to do that, you think they'll drop the belt to Joe? No. No? No, I think they'll be with it. He's going to do do a punk and just leave. That's what they should do. That is what they should do. They should have him leave, act like he signed, make some like fake leaks to all these, you know, wrestling media places that buy everything that the wrestlers sell yeah, them. Yeah, but Tony Khan's not that smart though. He won't do something And like then that. be like, oh, he signed with WWE, and then boom, he just show back up. Dun, 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 dun. Oh wait, <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> Oh man, that's the one I, I really want to see. Uh, that's probably th- those three singles matches Miro and Andrade, uh, Cage and Copeland, and MJF and Samojo are probably the best out of that whole card. Yeah. But uh, to another overbooked like AEW show, like I'm, I'm tired of them, man. They last way too damn long. I love how WWE has been condensing theirs with their shows to where it's like four or five matches a card for the pay-per-view. Like that is where it should be. 
not I think this one has like eight matches on the card I don't know I didn't count that's a lot yeah it sounds like eight it looks like eight they need sky black on there ten ten freaking matches on the card it's gonna go on too long like every AEW pay-per-view does and then you're bored by the end of it well at least I am uh, since uh, we're talking about boards, let's get to the backboard in the NBA where uh, the Spurs finally got a win again. Spurs, 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 Spurs. So, era, the, the the race to be the worst. The um, race to be the worst ha- has uh, made a, a new champion right now as Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. <laughs> Detroit Pistons lost their 27th one in a row against the Celtics yesterday in an overtime. That fan base hates that team now. Detroit was up by 19 points at halftime and lost in overtime against the Celtics. Everyone knew that was going to come. <laughs> yes, and as well, the Spurs did go on and face the Portland Trailblazers, another bad team, but not as bad as the Spurs record. So it was going to be a close matchup. As the 4-25 Spurs look to get their fifth win of the season, their 30th one uh, that they played. And they did pull off the victory, actually, winning 118 to 105. And I think what happened was they started giving the ball to Wimby. <laughs> I think that's what they needed to do. I mean, 30 games in, they finally figured it out that, oh, they just need to give it to Wimby. And it doesn't look like uh, Pop was actually trying to play this season or win this season until the Spurs fans cyber bullied the Spurs online to make them start passing the ball to Wemby. Um, looks like they had a, um, a season high in assist yesterday where Wemby also had dropped 30 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists all in 24 minutes. That is efficiency. I don't care what you say. That is efficiency right there. And I think it's nothing but up after this as the Spurs look like they turned a corner on their offensive game plans and realized we have a seven foot five giant on our team. Let's pass him the ball. <laughs> realize we got Godzilla in this team. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if we just pass it to this guy? Ooh, you probably win the game. He was out the, the past couple games, no, for like stepping on one of the ball kids or oh, something. I don't even know. Apparently it was like during practice. It was it was a couple games ago. He stepped on one of the ball handlers. And twisted his ankle. It's all flattened him and everything. <laughs> so the Spurs did score 60 points in the paint, which was obviously a good adjustment. 33 assists, 10 blocks, 9 steals. So it looks like the game plan to give Wemby the ball was actually a good plan. Who'd have thought? And, well, are they going to just keep winning now? Or, or are they going to just tank anyway? They're still going to just tank anyway. I don't, I don't see. I mean. There's no point in trying, Yeah, there's right? no point anymore. That's what I was thinking in the first place, why I, they didn't give I it away. I feel like you should just go and have fun and try some plays that you wouldn't try normally and yeah. see how they work out. You know, just build up a game plan for next season. Spurs look to fight, face the Celtics uh, this Sunday at 6 o'clock. And uh, will, they, will they pull off the W? We'll see. Well, uh, since John Morant has been back the... They have been able to pull off the W quite a bit. They were doing great. They were doing great. And um, they were 3-0, and actually, in, in a sense of survival back to the league. 
Um, they made sure he didn't have any weapons beforehand each time, though. <laughs> they had to. They gotta make sure. They gotta make sure that you know it's a safe environment for the players. Uh, that being said, uh, they did go against uh, the Pelicans uh, the other day, and they pulled off the W against Zion and, and friends. And what it looked like they were gonna keep winning, uh, it turned out John Morant uh, sat out yesterday's game against the Nuggets. Uh, I don't know why I forgot what was disclosed, but it might have been some sort of apparent injury or maybe some rest. Yeah, just to rest and move. And bit, without John Morant, the Nuggets completely obliterated the Grizzlies as I think they won 142 to 105. Um, some history, his, some history was made on the Nugget side. I can't really get specific, but I do know that Jokic did break some records that game. John Morant looks to come back because obviously they need him. Mm-hmm. They were on a four-game winning streak when he came back, and then when he, right when he left, boom, blew out. So that's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, I've always been a Jaw fan. You know, he's a good guy. I just want him to come back. You know, guns blazing. Wait, wait, no, no, we don't want him to do that. <laughs> oh my god, we don't want. We, it, uh, we want him to shoot shoot the lights out. No, damn, not that either. <laughs> we just want, we want him to come back and play good. All right, go Jaw, go Jaw. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I don't have the last segment after that. Anyway, let's move forward. Since I'm laughing here, let's go to the funniest moments in sports in 2023. Now, I guess we could call this the funniest funniest moments in refs because that's all we could think of now. Yeah, and especially in the NFL, those refs, man. They- <laughs> They think they could. They just run the the, the whole game, man. They they don't care. <laughs> what, what we got for, for for first up on this one, man? Ah, uh, I don't know. We didn't come to an agreement on that one. Um, let's see. We got the ref calling a face mask on the wrong team when it was the Browns and the 49ers. Ref falling and tripping Lamar Jackson, uh, resulting that- in an intentional grounding call, making it a safety. And then um, what was it? The Chiefs. Uh, the, Oh, the butt cheeks. Yeah, that one's good. Let's talk about that one first. <laughs> and um, the other one that you had. Um, well, I'm talking to America right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm talking to America right now. One of the greatest lines <laughs> in NFL history. <laughs> so, um, what do you what do you think would be? So, I think when the ref was trying to call the penalty, and one of the players was just trying to like talk to him or like you know plead his case. Yeah, and then he's all like, "Hold on, I'm talking to America right now." <laughs> Caught on the PA and, and everything. Like, yeah, talking to America right now. I'm like, whoa, that's hilarious. That's I don't care how you slice that. That was pretty funny. Yeah, the other one was uh, a ref. He called a face mask on the Browns when they faced it off against the 49ers. I think it was a a, a kickoff. Or a punt, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like a punt return thing. Like a punt return, and he, they were already setting up, and the ref had to go back and stop the whole thing, and say, "Oh no, it's it was on the other team." Oh yeah, he's all like, because everybody saw it on the, the replay. The crowd was all booing, and then he's like, after a discussion, <laughs> like he's all like, after. You we know, discussed. he was disappointed in himself. <laughs> it was the other team, in fact. That, was, that replay just had dude from the 49ers just yanking on that helmet the whole time. Like, dude, what are you doing, man? <laughs> uh, I, 
I think the other funny one was uh, when Lamar tripped over the ref. So they were on their 20-yard line, and Lamar, you know, hiked the ball. He was running back. Well, he's getting rushed by the 49er blitz. And, (laughs) well, Lamar decided to go 20 yards back, I guess, to avoid, you know, to try to navigate and scramble his way out. And the ref tried to go 20 yards back, but only went like two and fell on his ass. I don't know why he's still backpedaled when he saw him coming at him. So he's in the end zone. Lamar's right behind him. This guy just falls over as he's backpedaling because he's trying to he's trying to backpedal so fast. This one just happened too. And he backpedals and like slid like a little bit. Lamar's boom trips right over him and he tries, he tries to get the to ball. Throws the ball out because he got tripped over and they they call intentional grounding on him <laughs> and a safety. And I'm like, what the? Not hey? so funny for Ravens fans, but it was pretty hilarious. And, like. They actually let they actually called that like like it was his fault. But like I mean he did go back twenty yards. But come on, really though. <laughs> if you're in the way, ref, just start running away. Don't don't backpedal. <laughs> his face was priceless as he started falling too. And did you see that slow yeah. motion? <laughs> they all they made a meme of it la- later where it shows oh, it being it shows Lamar being tripped by the ref and it's like the only time they stopped Lamar that night. Because <laughs> after that, he just wrecked the 49ers after that. Oh, man. The other one that we have uh, is is another Browns one. I think it was when Moore caught the ball and it got challenged. They thought his leg was out of bounds. Mm. So once they reviewed the call, ref comes out to the field and is saying the, the spot of the ball was, or the completed catch was challenged and that it stands because his butt cheek <laughs> hit the field before his leg hit out of bounds <laughs> yeah before that the the commentators were all like like i'm not gonna talk about butt cheeks with this guy i won't talk about <laughs> butt cheeks and then it, and then the rest say butt cheek right afterward and then, and then the commentators like Let's go. Let's go. And he was all like, well, if you had butt cheeks on your bingo card, uh, you would have you won. Like, like, For NFL Sunday. Oh, man. Some crazy moments with the refs, obviously. We already know the refs have a bad rap, so let's just laugh at them. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're going to trash. Uh Moving forward, um, I don't think I told you guys this, but I did, in fact, go see the Iron Claw this this past weekend. Um, my my grandparents and my parents were huge fans of the Von Erichs, and um, as a kid, I heard stories, watched old tapes, old videos, so I've always been a fan of the Von Erichs, and if you're in Texas, you cannot not be a fan of the Von Erichs, so... Went ahead and watched that movie. I liked it. It was, it was pretty decent. I got some gripes. They're not too big. Uh, the Ric Flair in the, the film looks and sounds nothing like him. He's, oh, god-awful. The Von Erichs have a small resemblance to the actual family, but I still think it could have been done better. I just feel like everyone seems small compared to their real-life counterparts, and that kind of goes with the entire casting. Uh, not all, but most. Despite that, the main characters were able to tap into their raw emotion, selling every line delivered. 
They did a great job balancing the movie's personal life and wrestling life. They did. Uh, they were missing one of the Von Erichs, and that was Chris Von Erich uh, was missing from the film. Uh, he took his own life with a self-inflicted gunshot a year after becoming a pro wrestler, and Carrie would follow the a year late or no, two years later. I think it is. It's a year or two years. Uh, don't quote me on that because I'm not too sure. I know it's around that. Uh, in the movie, Carrie wins the 10 pounds of gold in his match with Flair, which was supposed to be David's match, but after his passing in Japan, and a media, uh, uh, was supposed to be David's match, excuse me, but after his passing in Japan, it got passed on to Carrie from a coin toss. Um, immediately following that match, though, they show his motorcycle accident depicted in the film, which takes Carrie's foot. But that happened two years after the fact. Kerry actually had one of the shortest stints as NWA champ, losing it in 13 days later against Flair in Japan. And near the end, they show Kevin finding Kerry, which wasn't the case. Fritz was actually the one who found Kerry. Uh, Kevin did stumble across one of his brothers, though, with uh, him and his mother finding Chris after his uh, apparent suicide. So those were like the only little gripes. Other than that, like everything was pretty much spot on. Uh, I did want them to bring up how uh, Kevin had his thoughts of taking his own life. I, he talked about it on the Dark Side of the Ring, the Von Erichs episode, where uh, I guess Kerry went into a pawn shop or or a gun shop. I don't. I can't remember what it was. He took one of the shotguns and put it down his pants and started to walk out. And, you know, the guys watched him and everything. And as he's walking out, the guy at the cash register said, Kev, we love you. And he went back to his truck, thought about it, went back and put his put the gun back and gave it back to them. So I always thought that was a little powerful message that they could have shown in the movie. I know that it could just be because there's too much tragedy just like with Chris Von Eric taking his life. Yeah. I'm sure since it was so similar to Carrie, I feel like they kind of mixed it in with Carrie because Kevin found Carrie in the film rather than Chris. And I, I just feel like that was a little little snippet kind of paying homage to Chris who wasn't on the film. Mm-hmm. MJF was on the film but didn't really have much of a role. If you blinked, you would have missed it. Whoa, really? So, that fast? Yeah, so apparently he had some lines and... Because he was Lance Von Erich, the fake Von Erich uh, brother. And um, he had a couple lines prior to that. And they had the screening to where he was there. But after the screening, they decided to cut that out. So I'm not entirely sure what was said, what was done in that screening, what was, what was different. But I'm sure it didn't really add much to the story as you know, we're more focused on the tragedies of the Von Erichs. Hmm. Well, I mean, it does look like a good watch, the way you uh, described everything. Uh, what would you rate it? Uh, on a scale from one to five, I would say probably a 4.4. 4. Oh, that's pretty J- good. Just because of the, the, the way a lot of them look. It didn't, they had uh, Bruiser Brody, and it kind of looked like him, but he just looked so much smaller. I just remember Brody being huge. And, you know, domineering. Uh-huh. And that's from, you know, tapes I've seen as a kid and, and moving forward as an adult as well. So it's just like, they they just, they seem more larger than life in real life than they did on the film. 
And I, I'm thinking with the Von Erichs, they had to do something with Zac Efron too, because he's not that big a dude. He's not that. He's not that tall. Yeah. So you got to make everybody kind of his scale when, okay, when okay. thinking about the movie. Harley Race was a, a pretty good depiction. It was just uh, he didn't fill out as much as Harley Race did, and you know he he didn't he couldn't uh, really pinpoint the mannerisms of Harley Race. Other than that. Uh, the free birds were depicted in the movie as well, and they looked pretty decent, pretty much like the free birds. Yeah. Um, the movie was just was a good watch all in all, especially you know, uh, just just relatable, dealing with family tragedies. Yeah. And and you know how people deal with them, and how you should be helping those people who are dealing with them that may not tell you that they're dealing with something that that try to be strong yeah that, you know because everybody still needs somebody in life so it, it was a good watch it was it was sad of course if you know the whole story like every 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 scene where i knew something was gonna happen i just let off my big sigh right yeah. away it was just like damn i already know it's coming but it's like even though you know it's coming, it still hits you just as hard. Dang, gotta check it out. But uh, is there anything else we have for this episode? I don't think so, right? I uh, just y'all be safe. Happy New Year. Be responsible when you shoot those fireworks. Don't um, drink and drive. Try not to you know take a page out of John Moran's book. Oh God. And just fire safely. <laughs> you know, just, uh, just fire safely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you. So that is all we have for today, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we hope to hear from you. We'll see y'all next uh, year. We'll see y'all next year. Yeah. Hey, there's that joke again. See you next year. <laughs> well, y'all have a good and safe New Year's. Yeah. Peace and love, everybody. Later.